Hey folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, Carlos, were you were you with us last week? You were gone so long. I'm trying to remember my my memories. My memories was you were with us last week, right? So I don't need to welcome you back again. It, it was so it's such a memorable return, Sean. That uh, yeah, yeah, uh, me and Douglas MacArthur. So yes, I was with you. I think we can go to the tape. Andrew will cue it up. Probably some cool little like intercut audio or something. So uh, yeah. I was well, here. let me just say again, welcome back. How about that? Thank you. Yeah, Thank no, it's, you. It, it's good to be back. It's good, it's good to be back. You know what, my man? It's uh, it's August. I cannot believe it's August. And you know what that means? That means that Dave Burkett has left his super yacht and uh, ended his three-month, two, three-month vacation where he's made us do all the work and he's back at training camp writing, I don't know, 50-inch observations every day about your 12-string linebacker. Um, I mean, the guy, the guy's a machine and He's squeezing, he's squeezing us in, I think. No, it's unbelievable. He's already written more times in the five days, six days since camp started, however many it is. True. That's true. Have, you tell me you took a lot of time out. Which that's is, um, exactly what I was going to say. I thought that's what August was, what, your, your, you guys' vacation. Which is, yeah, which is, which is, no, it is. No, yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's when you remind us how uh, pathetic the rest of us are and what what losers we all are. But I so obviously the, to to the listener out there, to maybe the two listeners out there, that is the voice of the great Dave Burkett, which is how we always refer him to or refer to him. I, I and we are going to talk all things lines here, but I, I just want to start out with this, Dave. And thanks for joining us. And Carlos, you can uh, weigh in on, on this too. So I was actually in another podcast. I hate to admit this, do a little double dipping with a colleague of ours, Mike Elric. And before I'm getting ready to go, and I, he's like, "What are you talking about uh, when you when you record?" I told him football. He's like, "All right, I don't want any stories or any talk like we got from the Tigers in spring training, for example, <laughs> Tucker Barnhart and how well he frames pitches and how that's going to lead and how that's going to lead to success this summer." So, Dave Mike Elric does not want any hope coming out of uh, Allen Park this this uh, this month. Trinity Benson, great deep speed. If the Lions need him, he's going. No, I, I look, I, I'm with ML there. It is, I mean, that's part of what training camp is and spring training is, right? It's a time of hope and you're sort of writing about, you know, how everyone looks and when they're when they're not in pads in particular, everyone looks pretty darn good because these are the, the best athletes in the world. But I've said all along, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on the uh, – the Lions love. I think they're definitely going to be better this fall, but uh, I'm certainly not buying, you know, 11 wins and a, a playoff appearance like uh, like some of the Lions faithful have them doing. Yeah. And by the way, tell Elric that obviously he's never read anything that Burkett's written because that's that's his brand, man. That's his that's his bread and butter. Like so Dave's Dave's tried and true motto. And it's it is it's a good one for a training camp is write them before they're gone. Because he's gonna he's gonna write all the you know thirteen string guys because he knows they're gonna get cut right they got what like ninety guys on the roster so he's got to write them because he has all season Sean he's got you know seventeen games plus probably playoffs as you probably think is gonna happen so he's got to save it he's got to like kind of spread out the love for all the Jared Goff stories he's gonna write and the, the Hutchinson stories uh, see it's. I think, you know, Carlos, you're, you're partially right. You know, obviously I'll, I'll write a lot about Jared Goff as the season goes on and we get closer to the season. But, you know, as I was explaining to one of our, our erstwhile interns out there today, and uh, you guys, since you guys aren't out there, I have to have the interns. Uh, ah, I knew it. I knew it. Your, I knew it. Do your jobs. But, no, I, I mean, 
look, like I wrote about John Kaminsky for, for Wednesday, and he's a guy that, you know, you guys probably couldn't pick out of a he's lineup. Look, he's looked but, good. He has looked good. He's a beast. But, no, these, these are guys that have stories that this is the time to tell them now and maybe sort of like Hard Knocks does on the TV side, right? Maybe maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and, and somebody turns out to be a really good player and, you know, you, you write a cool little story on them here in, in training camp and get to know them a little bit before they become big time. Big time among Lions fans, at least. All right, one, one quick thing about Hard Knocks. No, but but, but one, to one, answer, to answer get, Sean, one quick thing about Hard Knocks was the whole uh, uh, Aiden Hutchinson thing, singing Billy Jean at the rookie thing. Was that all just completely teed up for Hard Knocks? It was all about Hard Knocks, right? No, no, they do that every year in camp. I mean, that that's what you know. Panay Sewell said, uh, God, who did he say? He, I can't remember who he said that that he sang last year. That that's a, a common thing in the NFL, right? That there's sort of this rookie hazing, you know, that that goes on, but it's not hazing like it used to be back in the day. Now it's sing your alma mater, you know, sing your fight song, get up in the cafeteria, you know, whatever it may be. So I um, certainly I'm sure, uh, you know, Aiden going first, Hard Knocks had to, had to love, uh, you know, having that or will love having that in its first episode. But uh, that's something that happens in just about every training camp, just about every year. All right. I'm going to try not to get derailed here, but I don't know, Dave, you, maybe you can help me out. I'm not sure how much longer I can take this. I, I, I love Carlos. I truly do. I care about this man, aww, aww. this human being, but that kind of, <laughs> but, but that kind of, that makes oh, one did of they us see it up. I was on the phone <laughs> with this, with this brother earlier today, and it was a similar situation. We, we won't go into all the details, but it was the same kind of thing. Well, no, you're just naive. It's just, I'm like, oh my God, I don't understand, Dave, why he doesn't understand reality. I just am baffled by this. Can you help me out, Dave? I was just simply asking Carlos how long he's covered the NFL for and in, in sports in particular, in, in general. To, I mean, this is something that happens all the time in every walk of life in sports, just about where there's some sort of initiation that goes on to, to your new team. No, 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 no. Okay, so... So maybe I didn't explain myself correctly. Okay. Sean cut me off. So it's not the, it's not the rookie talent show or the rookie singing or the, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's a, it seems like it's a very, very specific targeted promotional tool for Hutchinson. I mean, Michael Brockers and you wrote, I don't know, you wrote 50, 60 inches about how, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson is the perfect human apparently. So Barker says it's not just his size and his physique it's his mentality too he's taking a lot in he's a sponge he's ready to learn he's a yes sir no sir kind of guy which you love he doesn't have any attached egos to him he's coming in ready to work and that's what you love to see as a rookie it's just on and on about this I mean just and, and Dan Campbell the same thing he's you know he's not too proud to 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 you know do the little things and whatever I mean it was like holy cow I mean this is they're really setting the bar high for this guy I mean it, this seems like a like a very uh, concerted effort either to to build him up or to set the bar high for him so that he has to measure up, right? I mean, this is, this, these kind of things just don't happen by accident. I, they weren't saying this about Sewell. They weren't saying this about Okuda. I mean, it's like, you know, Hutchinson's just like, holy cow, they're really, it's the full court press. Well, look, I mean, Aiden Hutchinson has looked through the first week of training camp like he might be the best player on the Lions defense. And for that to happen Ooh. for... You know, a, a rookie, a guy that look, they they said it when they drafted him, right? They loved him. They they felt he deserved to get coached by them and he deserved to be in Detroit and be a part of this program. And I mean, I, I do think in a lot of ways it was the the perfect marriage. And 
so far, Aiden Hutchinson has been everything that the Lions had hoped for and, and probably a little bit more. And he's getting a lot of run right now. He's playing, you know, defensive end. He's playing inside in some pass rush situations. Certainly he's going to go through some growing pains. But the one thing the Lions have lacked, and I wrote this the other day, really since Indomitian Sue is a difference maker on defense. And I don't, I'm not saying Aiden Hutchinson will be Indomitian Sue as a rookie, but Aiden Hutchinson has the potential to be that type of difference maker on a defense that really needs it. And that's all we're really saying, Carlos, right? And to me, the, the guy, they're just reacting. We heard a little bit of this about Sewell last year, maybe not quite to this degree, right? But people could obviously tell his teammates, his coaches could tell immediately he was a little different, right? No, you're right. I mean, he was a guy. He almost killed Okuda apparently right? last year too. And, and But, you know, I think – offensive linemen yeah. tend to blend in, you know, there's not like the counting stats, like sacks, right. you know, you, some of the splash plays, you don't quite see as much, even though, you know, Sewell the other day in, in camp, you know, he laid a big block on Jeff Okuda that had everyone who and on. Um, he, he leveled a big, but you know, it's a cornerback, right? I mean, that's what he's supposed to do, but the fact that he gets out in space into the second level, like he did and makes those plays, you know, that's impressive. But with Hutchinson, um, because of the position he plays, you just you see it a little more often. And I think if Jamison Williams was on the field, frankly, I, I think you know you'd probably be getting similar reports about him because of the position he plays too. Well, the thing that's interesting about this is just that how is I wonder how Hutchinson's taking it because you know you, you like to hear good reports, right? You like to hear good stuff about your play and whatever. But generally speaking, even even this regime with Dan Campbell they don't love to go out of their way to really praise guys because the bar is being, you know, height uh, uh, raised at that point, you know, now it's going to be, if he doesn't have a sack or isn't much of an impact player, just first three, four games, like, well, what happened in, in training camp, you know, Dave Burkett had on first ballot hall of fame. Now what, you know, <laughs> third ballot, maybe. Um, but no, look, I, I think uh, your, your point is, is, taken there Carlos and like I said they're you know look uh you know defensive line is not always an easy position to play as a rookie right you uh you're going against grown men and you know guys that are are very skilled when it comes to technique and so maybe the the counting stats aren't, aren't there right off the top but two things you know Hutchinson like like he had a big media session today and and I didn't actually dip my head in since I I you know wrote about him already um but after he got done, you know what he did? Pretty much everyone was off the field by that point. He went on to a little, little the defensive end, defensive line area of the field. You guys know what I'm talking about. And he just was running shoots, trying to stay low. I asked him what he, when he was coming off the field and he was sort of working on his, his technique. He wasn't under the, the shoot, but I said, what are, you, what are you doing out there? He said, I'm kind of a tall guy. I'm just working on staying low. So he gets done with his media session. Hard knocks cameras are all on him. And he goes back out there and he, he works when, when all eyes are off him and the media start heading back towards the uh, – you know, their, their media workroom. And, and uh, I, you know, one of the players said today, you know, he's a, he's a guy that comes in a half hour before every practice, just doing everything right in terms of the, you know, the, the cold tub and the, the preparation that he needs. And so I think even though he's being praised publicly, um, everyone behind closed doors sees that he's doing things that are deserving of, of the praise that he's getting. I love how Aiden Hutchinson went off after all the cameras were off him and worked extra, putting in the extra work so that Dave Briquette could watch it and then ask him about it. So that was, uh, and the hard knocks cameras probably too. 
not a conspiracy, but will definitely be a big part of hard knocks on Tuesday. So Carlos can keep that theory going. I mean, exactly. Carlos is going to keep his theories. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Oh, I'm so disappointed. (laughs) You know, I meant to put it in observation. Yeah, I don't think that the Hard Knocks cameras, I don't think they were trained on him then. But you honestly, I, I'm long kicking myself right now for not putting that in observations today. So just had too many. I was already approaching 40 inches, Carlos. So I had to I had to stop. I couldn't, you know, I felt like I was going too long for our editors there. No, people would have people would love that observation, right? That's what I tell myself. <laughs> no, especially especially this time of the year with the Lions, right? This time of the year with the Lions, yeah, because in November, you know, we're we're debating whether we want to send a columnist on the road. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe that'll change this year. Carlos doesn't think it will. You know, who, I don't know where you fall, Dave. We can talk about that in a minute. But I do want to ask you this. So, so, and and maybe Carlos, uh, this is just teeing something up for Carlos. But one thing that caught my eye that among the hundred things you've written, Dave, was the idea that Campbell's trying to put the first team against the first team, uh, offensive defense, and pretending like it's the end of the game and see if they can make plays. You know, because that's obviously where so many games are won and lost with the margin so thin in the NFL. And um, so what, what do you think? What have you witnessed from that? I mean, are, is this what's going to flip their record from three and 13 to 13 and three or three and 13 and one? I'm sure every coach I've covered has, has done something on your guy, Tom Izzo, right? The, the special situations, right? If you can master the out of bounds plays or whatever, right? Those are, those are things that really make a big difference. Slobs. Uh, you know, in your win loss record or, or winning games. That's right. Blobs. Blobs are the baseline. Or blobs. Slobs are the sidelines. Come slobs on, sideline. That's right. right. There you um, go, Carlos. You learned something. <laughs> um, that's right. We know it had the fear into basketball talk there a little bit. Um, but no, I, uh, I, you know, the, the one takeaway I've had and look, we're, we're recording this on, on Tuesday and the uh, you know, they, they had, they went through a, a sort of two minute end of first half situation for the third time today. And uh, the first two times ended in, you know, significant wins by the defense. AJ Parker had an interception in the first one on Jared Goff today. They started near midfield, you know, golf, takes 15 seconds and drives him into field goal range. And then the offense sputters, you know, he gets sacked. Uh, they get a false start penalty or a delay a game penalty and they settle for like a 48 yard field goal and he made it. But I've come away from, from all three of these situations saying, you know, as, as much off as much money as they've spent on the offense so far, uh, it just isn't really doing it for me yet. So I, I still want to see more from this offense as training camp goes on. Yeah, you know that, yeah. and that is an observation. That is a uh, nice plug. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, so yeah, you know that's disappointing, Dave, because you know people like Sean have this uh, the five offensive linemen first ballot Hall of Famers all going in at the same time. So uh, um, I, I'm surprised that's not making a difference. That the the most amazing offensive. Line. I think you 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 brought it back to reality and said there may be potentially a top ten offensive line. I guess, um, but yeah, you need. You, you do need somebody to throw the ball, right? And let's just be honest. What have you thought of Jared Goff so far? Every time in your observation, it seems like he's turning up, throwing a pick or or not being able to connect with Tr- Trinity Benson runs a, what, a 4-3, but he can't, but Goff can't hit him. So, like, great speed, but what's it doing for the Lions exactly? I mean, Goff, what's the yeah, deal with Goff so far? Um, be honest. You know, that's a good question. I mean, I haven't, I haven't written a lot about golf. My observations aside from, you know, a note here or there, just because I think, you know, maybe last year he was a new thing and I, uh, you know, it, it really struck me last year, right. The lack of chances the Lions were taking downfield and, 
Um, you know, frankly, I, I don't think a lot has changed in that regard this year. Um, I, you know, I haven't been, you know, disappointed about Jared Goff's play. I haven't been like overly impressed about, you know, where the offense is, but they've looked good at times too. They've done some good things. Um, I just, I'm sort of taking a wait and see approach, I guess, with, uh, with Goff in the offense this fall to, you know, to sort of see how, how they develop. I mean, I, I think, you know, he does have some good talent around him and, and DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown in that offensive line. And when Jamison Williams gets back um, and it'll be uh, interesting, I think, to see, you know, how or if he's able to capitalize off that once the uh, the real thing gets rolling. I mean, do you, Dave, do you think he has a chance to kind of pick up where he was at the end of the year, the last few games when he played reasonably well? Yeah, I mean, I think the the pieces are in place to do that with, um, you know, them, you know, retaining Ben Johnson or promoting him, giving him offensive coordinator roles, you know, with some of the talent they have. But, um, you know, I've, I've said this before, right? Like I, um, you know, I, I have my concerns about golf and, and, you know, what his ceiling is, I guess, as an NFL quarterback. And so I, I do wonder a little bit, like, you know, if, if you, if you have a good year, do you sort of play yourself out of the mix for, you know, one of those top quarterbacks and talk yourself into keeping, you know, Jared as sort of the, the guy that you're going to build around. I mean, that decision is coming, you know, sooner rather than later, I think. And, uh, you know, look, Jared has done some good things in his career and the Lions have certainly, you know, been supportive of him to this point. Uh, but, you know, as I said, I, I think, you know, the way I see it, until I see more from him on the field, I think there's sort of a limit to maybe what he can accomplish in Detroit. And uh, so I would I would worry if I was a Lions fan about the, the organization taking a step forward this year, but um, not a big enough step forward to, uh, um, or you know, uh, to, to, to be in a spot where they're sort of stagnating at that quarterback position going forward because they just, they can't get the, uh, the elite type of talent that they need be it through the draft or free agency or trade or whatever the case may be. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, if you have a little bit more time, Dave, we'd love to keep you have you back after the break. If you do, sure. you'll be all right. And we'll talk about Matthew Stafford, Carlos's, uh, Carlos's favorite subject. EFF. All right. We will be right back with uh, Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. My name is Kerry Jr. The second. I'm a podcast producer and reporter with the Detroit Free Press. And now the host of Freep's new weekly podcast, On the Line. Our job is to understand the issues and the people that the issues affect in our state and region and tell the news. I want Detroiters, I want Michiganders, I want Metro Detroiters to hear themselves and maybe get a sense of peace in this podcast. Maybe not in the topics we're covering, but in the sense that we're the Detroit Free Press. And you can come here to know what's happening and trust that we're going to tell the truth, give you the facts and do it authentically. We're going to give you the voices that are in those areas, whether it be in Owasso, whether it be in Petoskey, whether it be in Birmingham, Warren, Gross Point, Southwest Detroit. You know, we're going to give you what it sounds like to be there. So every Friday in your feed, wherever you get your podcast, when you press play, we want this podcast to sound like home. We want it to sound like Michigan. We want it to sound like Detroit. I think that's all I got. So let the journey begin. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, uh, you said you never get to talk during the break. You think it's you think it's an uh, you think it's an authoritarian regime here, a dictatorship. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I'm, make wins are great. Yeah, again, no, man. and I'm 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 here to say no. This is you. You have the you're first on the marquee if you want to even call it a marquee <laughs> or whatever this little thing we do here every week. Uh, 
So yeah, take take it away, man. You want to get something off your All chest? Right. Yes. My big question to you, since I read this this uh, this this hype piece about Aiden Hutchinson for both of you guys, is since he did Billy Jean, Michael Jackson's, you know, great great song. He did that, uh, performed it um, for the for the team. What would be your go to karaoke song for each of you? Sean, you're the you're the co-host here. You're the headliner. Why don't you go first? Oh, nice. I've never nice. karaoke before. Um, how can you be? What are you like? <laughs> 70? How are you? Can you be 70? Just, you never I've, I've been in karaoke bars a few times. I've never karaoke before, man. I don't I don't drink black label beer anymore either. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> it's just it's just one of not a bro. As the king of beer. I'm really dating something. myself. I don't know. How about holding back the years by simply red? I I would wow. I, would, uh, I that you know that is perfect, Sean Windsor. That's a uh yeah, you know, somebody with a little bit of soul. <laughs> a little bit of soul. Uh, what about you, Dave? Carlos, look, I have karaoke before. It's been a long, long time. Probably like 20 years. I don't know. Maybe even back when I was in high school or something like that. But um, not like I, I do it anytime. Regularly, but it's sort of a hidden talent of mine. I could sing anything, anything and everything. So I would just take requests. And I think I would, I would, I would impress people with my, my vast musical knowledge. Wow. Wow. So are you, give oh, us a genre yeah. though. Give us, what are you, are you doing country? Meatloaf? Are you, gonna oh, sing meatloaf? you know, my mom used to listen to meatloaf when I was like 10 <laughs> and I was like, why are you listening to this dude? Um, I, you know, it would have to be some old school rap. I mean, that's where I would start. Right. Like, you know, throw me some, throw some Snoop or some Dre or, you know, Tupac or something like that on the, uh, on the, uh, the record player. And I'll, uh, you know, I'd be happy to, to uh, knock some tunes out for the, uh, the people out there. By the way, Carl, speaking of Simply Red, I saw this really fun thread on Twitter within the last, uh, I don't know, month or so, and it was uh, a, sort of a portion of black Twitter, and the, somebody posed the question to name singers that when you first heard them, you thought they were black, but they ended up being white. And, this, the, and the singer for Simply Red was a, a very common answer to that question. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. All right, since you guys asked me, um, my go-to karaoke, and this, by the way, this is a great, this is a great tip. If you're ever stuck in a situation when you got to do karaoke, here's the thing: is pick a song in which the it's not a good singer. Actually, like it, they don't have some amazing voice. Because Sean simply read that dude had an amazing, incredible voice. voice. Yeah, and I have no voice at all. Sing, yeah. So here's the go-to: Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire. Johnny Cash did not have a great voice. That's a good one. You know, some Elvis songs are not like like suspicious minds. They're like simple. The what the simple songs that someone doesn't do some big, you know, uh, vocal acrobatics. That's that's your go to. That's the winning. I actually like Johnny Cash's voice. I think he's got uh, there's a there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it, but he didn't have like classic. Well, he's not an opera voice, singer. No, you know? yeah. he wasn't Whitney Houston. I might do you know? a oh, yeah. Harry wow. Styles. Ladies say I look like him a little bit. So. <laughs> Oh yeah, you do. Well, you look like yeah, Harry. You, yeah. you do have some. You have some of that swag, right? <laughs> you do. You definitely have some of that swag. All right, let's uh, let's get back to Matthew Stafford since we can never go too long and talk about the Lions without talking to him. Matthew Stafford. I, I, I have. Uh, I, I just have a, a, a question. This is just this is just a silly little hypothetical, but it, but bear with me just for a second, Dave, because I want to get your opinion on the overall talent of this team, this Lions team. Yeah, they would have gone forward. 12 and one. Yeah, if Stafford were yes. the, if all everything else were equal and they had Stafford at the quarterback right now, what how much difference would it make? Maybe this way we can get you to talk about golf. I mean, truly talk about golf. 
I think the Lions are a seven-win team with Jared Goff this season, right? I think that's about where they're going to be. And so if I say, you know, Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback, maybe I would say they're a, you know, nine or ten-win team with Stafford. And, like, I don't know. I don't know how to necessarily quantify that. I, I don't think the Lions would all of a sudden be Super Bowl contenders or, or beating the Green Bay Packers with Stafford. Uh, just like I don't think they will with golf. So I think they're better, but not significantly. So I just, I just don't see how we can be so mean to Matthew Stafford, but okay. No, I don't understand. By the way, real quickly, Carlos, can you see, cause I mean, the listeners can't see, but let's just set the scene. Dave's in his car with the earbuds in and his phone's up looking up at the, at the, at the roof of the car. And I see a lot of sun, there's a lot of sunroofs there. That looks like a fancy, are they paying you by the byline man? Because that looks like, you know, a, a, a couple of hundred G's that you're driving around there. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to I'm gonna negotiate awesome. that in my next contract, I guess. That and, uh, you know, I'm going to limit my podcast appearances, maybe. That, those are the two things I'm going to put in my next, uh, my next contract. <laughs> yeah. especially, especially this podcast. All right, Carlos, what, what, was your, what was your question? I'm sorry. I know the floor was yours. Sorry. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm always on the floor. Um, no, that's... I, I just don't understand why Dave is so mean to Matthew Stafford that way. Like he refuses to put him in the top five. He's a Super Bowl. You, you and I and Kelly Stafford know that Matthew has always been a champion. And how dare you just not give him his recognition? Um, yeah, I mean, again, give Matthew Stafford all the credit for what happened last year. You know, he had a nice, he had a great playoff run. He was very good in the playoffs. You know, made some big time throws. The Rams don't win that Super Bowl without him. That's part of it. Okay. I mean, that wasn't a great throw, but he did have some big time throws. Don't, you know, let's not take that away from him. He did some really good things, um, you know, down the stretch there when they needed him. And and again, I don't think the Lions, I'm sorry, wow, the Lions, the Rams, I don't think they are, you know, I know, I I don't think, I don't think they win the the Super Bowl without him. That's, that's how important he was to, to what they did last year. But um, yeah, I just, you know, to me, it's, Mahomes and Herbert and Burrow and Josh Allen and, you know, Tom Brady for all he's accomplished. And, you know, like there's that upper echelon of quarterbacks and Stafford is, yeah. And, and Stafford is still not quite there for me. So that's, uh, you know, I think Stafford is a very good quarterback. You know, he hasn't quite gone into that great level in my, my opinion. Um, but he's still a, a level above golf. I think he's, I think, I think he's like, to me, and I, I don't know, they do all these, you know, preseason quarterback rankings or whatever. I think I've seen him once or twice in some of these things. And he seems to be right at the top of the second tier or at the very back of the first tier. And, and that's, that's fair. Kind of a, yeah. That seems about where he fits. And I mean, I know you'll make him a first round ballot hall of famer, but you know, like that's kind of where he is right now. Right. hundred percent. No, I, I think that is completely fair. Like to me, like, again, I, I listed off that sort of, that top tier in my eyes, right? Well, Stafford is like right at the next tier and, you know, maybe if he does it more consistently over a regular season, or maybe if he d- wins another Super Bowl, and I hate just putting it on Super Bowls, but those are things like, right. The longer he, he does that, you know, he has excellence at that sustained level, the, the more, um, you know, willing, I think I would be, and a lot of people would be to sort of bump him up a tier. But um, again, this is not taking anything away from Stafford. I thought he played really, really well for the Rams in the playoffs and, um, you know, he certainly changed the narrative about him and, and what, you know, I and, and a lot of people sort of thought, you know, he was going to re- be remembered for during his time in Detroit. But, um, yeah, to me, he's still not quite in that 
Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, that that sort of tier of quarterback. Oh, well, I was just uh, hoping to, you know, having a little fun with a quick question about Matthew <laughs> Stafford. I want to make the whole segment of this, but Carlos loves Carlos loves it. But let me let me let me ask you, Dave, why do you think it's funny because we had uh, Jason Reed on a uh, rights for ESPN and has a book coming out about the rise of the black quarterback. We had him on the podcast last week and we talked about his perception of, as a national writer of the Lions and he wasn't really buying into the, as Carlos would tell you, buying into the to the hype as much. You know, he kept saying, well, 313 and one is 313 and one, right? Why do you think, Dave, that they've gotten some national love this year? Do you think it's just the, the personality of Campbell or does it go beyond that? Yeah, look, guys, no, there, there, are, there are little examples of things that Dan does that really connect with people, and it's not just about the sound bites. And one example is when I was talking to John Kaminsky the other day, he said, you know, Lions claimed him a couple months ago, he's got a 10-week-old daughter, and he was talking about going back to the team hotel and seeing his wife and daughter every night. And I said, you get to have your family with you in the hotel? And he said, yeah, like, you know, so he goes back every day and his family is in his hotel room. So I was trying to figure out and I was asking around how many teams do this? Like, this is one thing that Dan Campbell instituted this year is to allow veteran players with families to have them stay at their hotel with them. Right. And a lot of players that are local, they may have a home or someplace to stay. But for a new guy, a guy like Kaminsky, who doesn't live in the state, doesn't have a place yet for him to be able to have his, his newborn daughter and his wife and just have that, that sort of comfort level of going back to see them every night during training camp when historically, at least pre pandemic, you know, family was not allowed. This was just a football thing. Like, I think those little things mean a lot to players and mean a lot to people in the organization. And so there are little things that Dan does behind the scenes that earn the respect of a lot of people, just being a, a sort of real person um, that go well beyond the, you know, sound bites that, that, you know, you and I get from him when he's talking at a press conference that, that the, the, the listener and reader at home hears. Carlos wanted to know how that relates to him getting the national love. Well, I'm saying, you know, just from because Carlos said, I think he had asked about, um, right, like, is this just the, you know, are, are people buying into him just because of the sound bites? Well, By the no, way, can not. you and I just, can you and I, can, can you and I, Dave, just keep speculating about what Carlos wants to know and ask and we'll just yeah, talk amongst ourselves. <laughs> himself. Um, no, but I mean, look, but you're right. People do. You know, I, I think initially that first press conference, you know, people kind of fell in love with him or thought he was quirky or maybe hated it or whatever, but he was certainly on their radar. And there's a lot of reason, uh, you know, a lot of the optimism about the Lions is because of Dan Campbell. But I guess what I'm saying is, is it's not just about, you know, Dan Campbell. Um, and the show that you see on TV, it's there's there's a real genuineness about him. And there are real things that he does behind the scenes that have meaning to people that I think can help, um, you know, the the team win games. And I, I think those are the things that, uh, you know, people nationally are beginning to know. And maybe that's some of the optimism about the Lions. Yeah, that's the I mean, you know, there, there's no question that 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 Campbell's like a genuine dude. He's a likable dude. I would tell, you know, the one listener out there, I would say, you know, for what you see in the video press conferences, what you read from Dave Burkett, all that stuff, he's two or three times better than that in real person. He comes off as super genuine, very likable. I think someone asked him the other day, you know, like, where do we, what is this come Because it's just me. This is just how I am. Like, whatever, you know, take it or leave it. He made someone's phone ring. You know, Patricia might have probably, you know, had a, you know, a little red dot laser on him if that had happened. Can you imagine Rothstein's 
phone ringing and, and Patricia's, oh, that, that whole facility would have just cratered. It would have, but that's uh, Mike Rossbean, who's yeah. now with the ESPN and for um, listeners. Yeah. The famous uh, slouch gate incident. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dan, Dan Cable just made, he made fun of it. He goes, boy, is that your, and the guy said it was his alarm. He's like, wow, you're getting up early, aren't you? It was like nine in the morning or whatever. So he, he just, he's just a really good dude. But the national media, they don't have time to come to camp and, and do Dave, you know, Burkett's 200 inch observations. He, they, they just don't have time for that. So what do they do? You can pick up the phone and you can call Dan Campbell and Dan Campbell is going to give you good stuff. He's going to talk to Peter King and talk about SOL. He's not stupid. He knows how to connect. He knows that this is going to be broadcast to a huge audience. It's really going to connect and resonate with the Detroit fans talking about SOL and we know, and that's juice. And that's Sean wrote about Sean took the cheese, man. He wrote about what Peter King wrote about, you know, it was like, it's perfect. It's, it's genius. Dan Campbell is not only a likable dude, he's a really, really smart dude, likable, but all this love isn't, I don't know that that's going to make that much of a difference other than guys. Yeah. They want to play for him. doesn't mean you're going to make Jared Goff a better passer because you like Dan Campbell. Carlos, I, I think you missed the point a little bit, and you're right. Like, just because you know you're a good guy, doesn't, you're doing good when things. When doesn't he? It's very true. That doesn't mean that Jared Goff is all of a sudden going to be like an all-pro quarterback. But I think it does help people be comfortable with themselves and their own shortcomings and and whatnot, and and that you know ultimately helps them be the best version of themselves. But more to that point, it's not just about him giving the national media good quotes. I mean, he might do that, but national media, like that's part of our job, right? Is you're talking to people around the league and you're talking to people in the organization and you're talking to Dan too. And so they know these stories and they hear them from agents or players or assistant coaches, or I can tell you guys, I, you know, last year, the lions were, you know, I may have told you this story before, right. They were 0 and eight or something like that. They like the season was not going well for them. And, you know, I, I wrote a column, you know, saying, Hey, this was right after they had um, demoted Anthony Lynn, you know, and I said, Hey, they're you know probably going to fire Lynn. There's going to be some changes after the season, right? Like there's just always, um, you know, people have to pay. Right. And someone had, you know, just sort of reached out to me and just jokingly said, Hey, let me know if I'm, if I'm going to lose my job. Right. Like, um, and you know, of course it was, yeah, you'll know before me, but, but they also said, you know what, in all my years in the NFL, Dan Campbell is as unique a person as I've ever been around. Like, give him time. He's going to win here. He's doing things the right way. Like, he is different. Um, everyone believes in him. Everyone is buying. This is when they were 0-8, when nothing was going right, right? They had they had blown games, and, and they I think maybe they had just gotten blown out by the Bengals or whoever right before the bye. And, you know, again, Anthony Lynn was getting demoted. And this was somebody saying, give Dan time. Like he is a unique person. He's doing everything right. Like he's, he is the right person for this job. And so I'm hearing that. And I guarantee you other people around the, who cover the NFL are hearing that same thing. So it's not just about Dan Campbell and the quotes that he gives the national media. It's about how he treats people, what that means to them in the locker room, the respect that that, that earns and the way that they play for him and the way that, even if they don't have the most talent that maybe he can get the most out of the talent he has to set them up for success. Dave and I, I you know, Carlos uh, just mentioned the, the SOL, the same old lines, right? And I'm sure most of y'all listening out there, sorry, all five of you listening out there know, know that phrase. You're familiar with that phrase. And, you know, Carl said, I took the cheese or whatever. No, I, I what I think is interesting and, and to, to pick, piggyback on you, Dave, or what you were just saying is the idea that Campbell, understands 
what that means. That does not mean it's going to lead to more wins necessarily, right, at all. It just means that he's in tune in, in a way that's a little bit unique. And the fact that he played here, and actually Carlos tried to argue with me, Dave, that he wasn't even aware of Sam no, Alliance. Not then. Right? When he, when then. he, when he played no. here, which is, of course, he, he said the other day, it's one of the reasons he signed here to play. But uh, Carlos would say, oh, he's just saying that because this is how Carlos is. He, you know, he doesn't want to ever believe that anybody's actually saying what they mean. Dave, what's yeah, your thought on that, Dave? Yeah, I, I mean, you you and I both know that Carlos is full of it when it comes to that, right? I mean, Carlos, come on, Carlos. Dan, if you play three seasons he here. He played one season probably and then he know played like two old. games the next season. He was like a shell of a dude. He was like barely, he was not around the locker room at all. He was always hurt. One season, you don't even need to play a full season, Dave, to understand that. <laughs> in the midst of the Matt Millen era, right? I know. The, I mean, like right. when they had the Millen Man March and things like that going on, like he knows he he was a part of it. He absolutely knows, you know, what this organization has been through, the fans have been through. So I, no, it's one hundred percent. He has a grasp on that and what it means yeah. to this. When this he was when he was the coach for the Dolphins, if you'd walked up to him and said, "Hey, what about the Lions and SOL and whatever?" Like, what you know. What's the, uh, what are the team colors for the Lions? He probably wouldn't have known. What, I mean, it was his third team in like 12 years or whatever. And he's barely hanging on to the NFL at that point. You're not, you, 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 the, here's the, here's the thing, Dave. And I know we got to let you go, but the, the, the fundamental issue, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to unpack this. There's just a lot of deep psychological <laughs> stuff going on here. We'll really try to unpack it. this just oh, as we keep doing this podcast. But the, but the fundamental idea is that Carlos is struggles sometimes to think of athletes not maybe coaches as much but athletes as anything other than just an athlete so to him dan campbell isn't going home from allen park to anywhere he's just magically appearing for practice and he's magically appearing at ford field for the games already in his uniform with his helmet on with his mouthpiece in you know i don't know right he's not thinking about all those other hours that you're living in a community and i don't know how to get this across to him i don't i don't understand how, Dave, you can help me help him understand who he's writing about. Well, it's Carlos, so it's probably a lost cause, right? But I, I think you're <laughs> I, I think you're right that I mean that that's a very good point, right? That sometimes we don't totally understand. And like you you talk to some of these players and the real issues that they deal with with families or with you know how things wear on them mentally, whether it's a season or an injury or uh, you know, a relationship or, or, or things like that. I, I, in, in the, the flip side goes to that. Maybe there are things like playing for the lions and being a part of this as a player and seeing, you know, how passionate the fans were and um, getting to know people in the organization that leaves that imprint on you and says, you know what, like that really is like, you know, very similar to who I am. And, and I do think Dan has that sort of connection, felt that sort of connection with Detroit. That's part of why he wanted to come back here. And that's part of, you know, I think why he connects with so many fans now as a coach. And so, Sean, uh, you're right, Carlos, you're wrong. Uh, I think we always end our, the podcast when I'm on here saying the same thing. But that's, uh, that, that's the case again. Let's give, let's give Carlos the last word, though, before you go, Dave. He you know, needs, let me he, let he me say this about Dan Campbell and other. You said you know he's, although you've heard that he's you know around the league he's done everything right except hiring the offense coordinator last year. Kind of a little mistake there, but, um, you know, give credit. You know, no credit for for hiring the wrong guy, but good 
cutting cutting ties with them and changing it because that was hard for him to do. But I do think with this, I, and I, I think I've written this, that I am rooting for Campbell to succeed because I want it as the copycat, ultimate copycat league in the NFL. A guy like Dan Campbell sets an example that you can be a little bit more open, a little bit, have a little bit more fun. It'll veer away from the Bill Belichick model you know, they were already getting away from more, you know, we had, we had more Bruce Arians and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we need, we need more people like that in the NFL to be, you know, especially as, as the players come to the league and they're younger, you know, more attached to social media and everything else, you know, and their own brand. And they're coming from, they're going to be coming from NIL into the NFL. You know, you need people to open up and be more accepting and be more understanding and things it's like the apparently John, the, you know, the Lions organization runs through John Kaminsky apparently in in uh, Dave Briquette's uh, writing, but yeah, that's a good example, a really good story, and I hope that. I, but let's be real, Dan's going to need about four years for this to happen. I think he's going to he needs his own quarterback. You know, there's a lot of guys that are fighting for jobs. The I mean, you're writing that Jeff Okuda and Will Harris are fighting for the same job, and those are you know previous regime draft picks you know and like it takes a while to turn over the roster and get things where you want i you know whether whether ben johnson works out or not that might take him a little bit of time too you know to 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 feel his way through calling the plays and all that so i i hope that people are patient enough i don't think they're going to be doing great things anytime soon but uh, i would love for dan campbell to set a good example for the rest of the nfl so i'm rooting for him i don't know if i buy that you know he was uh you know, thinking about the zeitgeist of Detroit in 2006 when he played, you know, you know, his last full season in the NFL. And, you know, I think he played in three more games over the next two seasons. So it's probably a lot more concerned about how his shoulder and his ankle and his hip and everything else is going than thinking about what, what exactly does Matt Millen mean to the city of Detroit? And how can I figure this? I, no, man, he's working through rehab. He's worrying about his career. What's the next step? Am I getting a coaching? Are we moving again? You know, like he, he ain't got time to digest the big, the big thoughts that Sean Winter likes to tackle. No, they're not big thoughts at all. It's just being aware of your surroundings and tapping into your community. And it has nothing to do with Matt Millen. It has everything to do with the fan base. That's what SOL is. It's about the it's about the tens of thousands of people that fill that stadium up when they stink. And he's learned and that since then. He's done his No, he, he knew that then. He was here when now, they were 0-16. No, and also that didn't really get legs until Tony Dungy brought it up like four or five years ago. The concept has been there for a long, long time. SOL may be relatively new, but the, the feeling that these fans have, that's what he's talking about. That's what Dave's talking about. That's what people that know a lot more about football than you are talking about. That's that's what's – and not football, but playing football and not in your backyard, but for a place that has, you know, a, a name that's also the city and that shares the name of the city and the stadium. It's, it's how it works. It's not that complicated. Oh my God! How am I going to survive this, Dave? <laughs> you know what, though, I I think Carlos made some good points there at the end. I'll, I'll give him that. He, one, he did not about the time. Matt Millen thing, but he did about. Oh, are you back on Team Carlos? Completely, yeah. Back about to team the Carlos? Come on. Eh, Come I on. don't know if I'll ever be on Team Carlos, but you know, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a little bit of props there for for some of this. Well, the pay when we was talking about patience and, and it's going to take a while and all that. Yeah, no, that that sounds like Carlos. Yeah, yeah, the the good Carlos. i'm just kidding i'm just kidding hey listen man thanks so much for uh sticking it out sticking out the technical issues yeah sorry Uh, about my phone there you know no all right the listeners not going to hopefully hear any of that because of our crack producer andrew hammond who's had his his uh, face in his palms this whole time but no he's giving us a (laughs) thumbs up there we go 
There we it go. Was good. It was good to have Davon when he ran errands and went through like uh, whatever he went through all the different drive-throughs. Yeah, he's a human being. Yeah. See there, see there. He doesn't just write stories, Carlos. He's got he's a multitasking. Life he's a multitasker. Had to get home. I had to get home because my daughter has cross-country practice, so I couldn't just sit at the facility and do it. Got to get her there. Yeah, so. no, we'll get we'll get, yeah, we'll get your stuff, daughter so. there. We'll talk to you. Hopefully, we'll talk to you around the beginning of the season, and uh, you can give us some more observations. But uh, thanks again for joining us, my man. Good to see you. All right. Sounds good, guys. Yep. We'll see you. All right. We will be right back with more Free Press uh, Sports with Carlos and Sean. Hello. I'm Phil Friend, the host and producer of Spartan Speak, a podcast collaboration between the Detroit Free Press and Lansing State Journal focusing on Michigan State sports. Each week, I'm joined by the OGs of the MSU podcasting game, freak beat writer Chris Slaurie and LSJ sports columnist Graham Couch, as we discuss and dissect the latest sports news coming out of East Lansing. Not only is Spartan Speak one of, if not the longest-running MSU sports podcast out there, you won't find a show with two people as clued into the Spartans as Chris and Graham, each of whom have spent a decade-plus covering MSU and bring years of institutional knowledge and insight to the podcast. And once in a while, they'll let me throw out a take as well. Along with discussing the latest news, we'll break down the Spartans' last game in the hardwood and the gridiron. What went right? What went wrong? Jet sweep. Again? For both Mel Tucker and Tom Izzo, get you ready for the next game, make predictions, and so much more. We can also guarantee at least one reference to Kalamazoo every podcast. So if you haven't already, download, subscribe, and listen to Spartan Speak on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on your podcast app of choice. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Uh, it's that time of the show, Carlos, where we talk about our favorite thing. And um, if it's okay with you, I'll go first this week. Is that oh, all right? Oh, more than more than good. Please do. Okay. Okay. My favorite thing is when we're talking about the podcast, my favorite thing of this week, and this happens sometimes, when we're talking about the podcast, sort of a pre-production meeting. That makes it sound uh, probably more formal than it, than, it, than it actually is. Sorry about that. But uh, in any case, sometimes you're like, hey, let's talk about this or this. and Or maybe it's something I've written. Sometimes it is. There's a column that I wrote, I guess, recently. And... Um, within the past week that you wanted to talk about. And my favorite thing about that is that I know it's because you're going to want to kind of get at me a little bit and gig and have fun with it. So that's my favorite thing <laughs> is anticipating <laughs> what you're going to say about, um, about the column, about uh, the tigers and the trade deadline and that Al Avila probably shouldn't be the one making the moves to, uh, to uh, move the franchise forward. Wait, so what's your, what are, are we your in the matrix? Are we doing my favorite thing? Or are we doing a thing on the Tigers? No, this is my favorite. This is my favorite thing. Are you so that's are we talking? My, that's my that's favorite it. thing. All right. That's it. So we're we're not anticipation talking about the Tigers. How, no, that, no, it's my favorite thing is the anticipation of how you're going to, you're going to gig me. So gig me. That'll be part of the favorite thing. Do I get a favorite thing after that or no? Not if you want, you know, sure. It's up to you. <laughs> All right. You're, you're the, let's get to the, let's just quick, quick thing on the Tigers, whatever. It's going to be a part two of my favorite thing. Uh, part one of my favorite thing, I guess. Um, it's just you know after after you had and I love the segment I love the show when you had Jeff Rieger on from from 97.1 the ticket a couple of weeks ago and um and you were talking about the whole idea of uh, when it when it's time to call for somebody's job why that happens and when it carries more weight from you know the columnists or in print and you talked about how you you basically don't want to call for someone's job until you have the press release in your hand from the team. And then maybe the day after that, you might call for the guy's job. So, uh, but you came as close as you've come in a long time to calling for somebody's job. When you wrote your column about whether it should be Al Avila 
uh, making these trades and, and shipping guys off, selling off the team. Um, if you don't, because you don't know if, you know, if they're going to make a move, how can you trust him to make the call? Um, you know, so what do you, are you saying, are you saying that in your, in your gut, do you think that he should be the guy? Should he stay? Should he stay? Uh, if they're going to, where are you leaning right now? If they're going to rebuild, no, I mean, that's what I wrote. If, if they're going to rebuild then no, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be the one to lead it because it's, he just doesn't have the track record. If they're going to run it back and, 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 and what's changed from that conversation is all of a sudden they're talking about selling off. You know what I mean? And so all of a sudden those are moves, but if they're going to, if they're, if Illich wants to keep him, uh, it didn't let, if he has to make a minor move, like he did, uh, they traded Robbie Grossman, um, to Atlanta for a, a prospect, I think. So th- th- that's fine. That's not a, an earth shattering move, whatever. But if they were going to say, Hey, let's start over again, then no, I, he, I don't think he's earned that. And I, I think he would probably tell you that, right. He's been very critical of himself to his credit. He's very self-aware, you know, um, which is, which is, a, which is a great quality, but I just think that he, if, if Chris Illich, the owner of the Tigers obviously wants to keep him and say, Hey, we'll go one more year. It was a lot of bad injury luck. Um, we had some other guys with personal issues. We had some people that fell kind of below what they have shown they can do in major league baseball. Javier Baez, probably most prominently among them. The young guys keep coming. Maybe Torkelson, Spencer Torkelson finds it out. You can, you can make a, a semi-rational case for that. A lot of fans won't like that, but you can make a semi-rational case. We're going to run it back one more year and see if what we thought was going to come true this year might come true next year. But if they're going to rebuild the no. Why can't they, they, why can't they re, why can't they be sellers, you know, sell off some, some pieces, you know, as many as they can get prospects, get some other guys, whatever it is. Like, you know, we, we made a mistake. Obviously Grossman is, is one of the guys who's already, who's already going, uh, and then, and then get rid of Al in the off season. I mean, because we don't know how much, how much, you know, carte blanche say that, that Avila has right now. If you have other people, if you had in the organization who are kind of, agreeing or there's some kind of like you know hey we're not just getting rid of guys according to al's vision like it's a holistic vision through the different you could be you know through the department the scouting be. department the the gm department you know hinch if they have a say in this you know you're still going to have pieces and then the new gm comes in next year then they have a draft with the gm and all that and the new guy but you do you trust them to sell i mean that's fine if it's michael fulmer or maybe robbie grossman and no offense to either of those guys but you want him trading away Tarek Skubal? i mean there was talk of that a week well, ago that they might go they might go big that way i i don't think i don't think that they should let avila make that move for those for whatever prospects right are out there yeah i mean there needs to be guys who are you're not going to you know get rid of get rid of riley green and Tarek Skubal and you know so the, the promising players you know like you got to you know, there's within reason, right? I mean, not a whole. Yeah, but Scooble, Scooble's name was out there at one point. That everybody but Green, right? That was the mantra. Anybody but Green. And my point is, if you're going to really s- trade somebody like Scooble, is Al Avila the guy you want making that decision or making that move, right. making that deal? Yeah, rather. No, you're right. You're right about that, and that that would tell you a lot, right? If Scooble goes, then Al's as I wrote state. exactly, I yeah. said you, you'll know a lot. Yeah, you'll by how this unfolds, you you're gonna you're gonna know um a few things you know but we'll see yeah so yeah all right now anyway, my real favorite what's thing? your real, real favorite one? what's your real favorite thing my yeah. real favorite thing and this is this is on you actually it's uh it's not about you but it's this is your fault that we have not mentioned you know who we have not mentioned so far 
And this is a record, I think, in this show. So Anjanette Delgado oh, has not gotten mentions. and But, but I'm going to make it up to her because we had our first softball game of the season last week. And Anjanette Delgado went three for four, Sean. She was, she was a beast out there, okay, on the softball field, tearing it up, scratching out. You know, we, we lost 13 to three, but Anjana was a big part of, I don't know if we get, she might've had an RBI too. in one of those hits too. Um, just a scrappy player. She's, uh, she, you know, everything you need in a right fielder. She hustles. She, uh, she gets some hits, her, her OPS and her slugging percentage isn't like great or anything, but, but man, she's a gamer. So, um, you got to come out and watch her play one of these days. Um, so, and the best thing about it is she's a Dodgers fan. So we get to talk Dodgers when we're in the dugout. Well, that's awesome. That's a great favorite thing. And thanks for uh, being part of my favorite thing. I mean, you are my favorite thing, Aww. right? Aww. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the bad Carlos or the good Carlos? I like them both, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's no bad Carlos. There's a good Carlos, and then there's a, an exasperating Carlos, but there's no bad Carlos. <laughs> I'm sure you feel the same with me. You know, that's just, uh, that's just, just wonderful. Well, listen, uh, wonderful, Sean. That's all there is. No, 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 there's not. There's a sad, pathetic Sean. You know what I mean? That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Pitiful loser, Sean. How about that? that sound, By the way, good? next time we have Dave Burkett on, can we ask him when he's going to start writing his book, "The Rise of the White Quarterback"? Sure. Okay, that's got it. Sure. That's that. That's a book that needs to be written, right? I mean, what's he been waiting for? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. They've been so. Uh, yeah, they've been held down. Yeah, there's there's no question. It's uh it's instant outrage. All right, my man. Well, uh, thanks for uh, putting up with uh, you know putting up with me for another week. It was fun. It's good. I'm glad. I'm glad to be back, even though I was back last week. No, I know you were. I was just having fun. You know that, of course. <laughs> I hope you do. Of course. But uh, it's a little thing called uh, sarcasm. You're good at it, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're good at cynicism. So it's it it, it works. So it works out well. All the isms. Good, I'm, gr- I'm great at the isms. Yeah. It's 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 a good uh, it's a good pairing. But uh, in any case, that is our show. Thanks for. Uh, for listening thanks uh thanks like i said carlos thank you i just i just want to thank you i don't want to thank anybody else i just want to thank you we've already thanked andrew hammond let's thank him again the producer who makes this possible who uh puts up with our technical difficulties you y'all don't even probably hear most of them because by the time this gets to you this has gotten to you it's been cleaned up it makes it sound a lot better and smarter than we are well you know maybe not me there's probably no doing that but with carlos so so there you go. We also want to thank Anjanette uh, for more than just hitting. Were, were they singles? They were singles. Three singles. Three for four. But still, though. Still oh, yeah. It's awesome. a hit. Three for four. She's the Miguel Cabrera <laughs> softball team. That's a... That's a that oh, I bet awesome. she, beats, she beats Miggy in a foot race easy. No no question. Yeah, no, no. But yeah, no, no. But it's <laughs> nice to see her kind of... You know, yeah. But she probably used to have a lot of power, too. A lot of opposite field power. and But now she's running running out and getting the singles. That's great. Well, anyway, let's thank Anjanelle Delgado, formerly the uh, co-executive producer of this podcast, along with Kirk and Crawford, the sports editor, who is also the co-executive producer of this podcast. And uh, last but not least, let's thank Peter Batia. You can find Free Press Sports with Carlos Sean wherever you find your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify. When you get there, subscribe, give us a rating, tell us what you think, give us a comment, uh, or 10. We'd, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Until next week, Carlos, what are we going to do? We will see you next week. We'll we will see you next week. I'm going to take a few time. days off. You're you're going to write, you know, two three times a day. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, we will uh, we will be back next week with uh, with uh, another episode. Until then. <laughs>